Welcome to Fireside. First off, welcome to Fireside. When we talking comic books the entire time. Ain't going nowhere, so dry your eyes. Already lasted longer than fireflies. Stay tuned, Mickey's got the grooviest news. From books to TV, the movie reviews. Plus the next toy, baby, here will you choose. Even a superhero fight club will be usually lose. So pop in those earbuds, turn up those speakers. Feel Mama's power, Earth 2 with features. And either listen by weekly or you can binge us. We got it all, baby. Are there ninjas? So relax and lie back as we start another issue of Fireside Chats. Comment facts and wise cracks. Welcome to the show. This is Fireside Chats. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another issue of Fireside Chats. I'm your host, Menti. And with me, as always, are my wonderful sidekicks. First, Mr. P. Features. Hello, Internet. Is it just me, or does he always seem like he's shocked when I say his name? Like, there's always a pause, like, he's like, oh, right, shit, it's me. It's me. <laughs> oh, and then, by the way, there's Mauer. Beep you! There we go. And then Baby Huey. What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What's going on? Baby Huey with those let's, headphones. Let's, let's and three stooges it. So scrumptious. What's <laughs> going No, no, no. I said he had a scrumptious beard. He does. He cut it all off, though. I didn't cut it all off. <laughs> Still there. Well, I'm not. I didn't get a. I didn't get a good look. Like, cause the microphone's in his face. Did you cut your beard, baby Huey? I trimmed it. How dare you? I trimmed it. He, I got, it's I like got the a, best thing you had going for yourself. He cut like eighty percent of it off. <laughs> not. Look, I said I was gonna keep God. it until I got a haircut. I got a haircut. Only you get like compliments about your beard for like weeks in a row, and you're like, you know what I should do? Shit. Get rid of it. <laughs> I didn't get rid of it. It's still here. He just trimmed it real, real short. All right, welcome to the Saturday show. If you're new around here, that's where we don't talk about the news. The new news. Uh, today we're talking about the news, and it's not it's it's not it's not fun news. It's not good news, but I do want to celebrate as much as we possibly can with this news, because what we want to do today is we want to focus on Denny O'Neill, uh, and Denny O'Neill unfortunately passed away and. His name might not be like Stanley, or it might not be Jack Kirby. It might not be all of the names that you're used to. But he, for those who are into comics, Denny O'Neill is 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 a cornerstone for a lot of us. Denny O'Neill is the reason Batman became great again. Denny O'Neill is part of the reason the Joker became great again. Denny O'Neill was was an editor who who shaped the way that Batman looked in the '90s. I mean, he was so important to so many books. You know, they might not know him by Denny O'Neill. They might know him by Sergius O'Shaughnessy or Jim Dennis. So those are his other names Maybe. he went by. But, I mean, like, there's, there's people's names. There's, there's comic creators' names and there's artists. Like, I mean, people know Todd McFarlane, right? Because they, they're these big, splashy names that they're, they're, they become as large as their work. Where Denny wasn't. Denny, Denny's work spoke for himself. He's, he's really kind of a shy, more of a, I mean, I don't want to call him timid because he's not, but he's definitely like your quintessential comic book writer. Well, he was the, like, comic, when you think he's the comic book guy before Stan got on his soapbox and made it where you cared about the artists and writers. You think if Kirby didn't have Stan next to him, Kirby's name wouldn't be as well known as because he hid in the shadows. And Denny didn't really hide, but he wasn't the guy out there going, hey, look at me. Did you know what I wrote? 
because he didn't need to because what he wrote stood on its own feet. You know what I mean? Like he's just like, for example, Mauer, I make fun of Azrael all the time, but that that's you right there. I love Azrael. Ra's al Ghul. We've mentioned him a million times over. That's Denny. Yep. I mean, I mean, and I, I love the fact that his start started with the Marvel test. Yeah. The Marvel writers test. So, uh, so way back in the day, apparently he was just uh, at a magazine stand. He saw comic books. He was like, Oh, I used to read those when I was younger. He picked up a bunch of books. He started reading them. Um, but he, he found out about the Marvel writing test. And what that would be is that you'd get a series of Jack Kirby pages that just didn't have any of the dialogue because the Marvel writing method, right? Where they would just get the pages with empty word bubbles and they would fill that in. Well, they then he used that as a test to hire more writers because Stan Lee was just doing too much at the time. So Stan Lee needed people to essentially pretend to be Stan Lee. And he just did it like a crossword puzzle. Like he was <laughs> bored one day. It was like, you know what? Why not? That'll be fun. So he filled them in and then got a job. <laughs> Like that's his start is such just a. Can um, they go back to that now? Because I feel we'd pass that test. Oh, in a heartbeat! Oh my God! Could you imagine if that's all it took? You know, you know how many you know how many letters they would get from me? <laughs> they would get those same pages in the mail like four or five times a day. I'd get a job as like a like a clerk like a desk clerk <laughs> just to get me so I would stop sending them letters. They'd be like, "Listen, can you come clean our bathrooms?" Yes. Do I get this? Absolutely. Say I work for Marvel. Yeah. The Marvel bathrooms, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Denny, if he didn't get bored and fill out the crossword Marvel test, there's a ton of characters that would not exist today. Even story arcs for that matter. Oh yeah. Oh, and he he took he took chances. He took chances that a lot of pop like even Nightfall. He wanted Batman gone. Like when Azrael came around, he didn't want Batman in the picture at all. Nope. Like not a supporting character, nothing. Like they weren't having it because, you know, Batman. But still, that was, a, that was what he was trying to push. And yeah, that wasn't going to happen. Well, and the problem was is because he wasn't the flashy writer that everybody knew, uh, the Azrael character that he created didn't carry the weight of some other new characters. That so you know if you had like a Stan Lee new character, immediately there would be thousands of fans no matter what because it's a Stan Lee character. Well, people didn't. Yeah, you know, oh, this is the goofy looking Batman. I'm not going to give this character a chance, and it hurt some of his stories because of that. But I would have loved to see his original. I think it was like a one year or two year plan without Batman. Could no, oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But I mean. To going back to what you just said, his his willing to take chances wasn't always a good thing, right? I mean, he brought it. He brought in Ra's al Ghul. He was part of the reason why um, the they ran the um, the Green Arrow Speedy book, yeah, uh, the drug book without the the seal of approval. He he was part of that decision. He was part of the decision to kill Robin, um, Jason <laughs> Todd. Well, I he, think he we part were of part of that decision. So what's up? We were part of that decision. Yeah, we were. I, I couldn't put that all That's on true. Cause, That's cause true. That's true. We called and voted but... to kill him. I know I vo- voted to kill him. What did you guys do? I think uh, I definitely killed him. I didn't. You voted to keep him alive? I don't. I mean, it's me, man. Uh, <laughs> Huey, did you call in and vote? I didn't vote because it's comic. He's going to come back anyway. Back then, you did didn't you, know. Did you ever? <laughs> but see, like, okay, so th- that, that, 
that situation speaks so much to who Denny was. So there's a there's a great story. I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher this story, I'm sure. But there's a great story about after that 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 came out that they were gonna kill Robin and it hit the news, right? The news started talking about Robin was gonna die. And at that time, you know, there were there's a lot of comic fans. Obviously, people called in to vote to kill him. Uh, but they a lot of people when it hit the news were thinking Dick Grayson. They didn't like they didn't really think Jason Todd. They didn't really to to them it was just they're killing off the kid in the Batman books. So uh, people were furious. And apparently he was in a deli trying to get a sandwich and he had a Batman pin on. And the guy behind the counter was like, you know, uh, what's up with the Batman pin? He goes, oh, actually, I'm, a, I'm an editor for DC Comics. I edit the Batman books. And he apparently looked at all the other chefs that were there and goes, hey, this is the guy who's trying to kill Robin. <laughs> and they all came out and started yelling at him. And he had this epiphany <laughs> that these are characters that, that he didn't realize the level of power that he actually had because he was in charge of modern American uh, mythology. Like he's he was in charge of something way more than just Batman books, because even though those are people who didn't read the books, they were so passionate about the idea of killing somebody that they grew up with. Right. So he felt this giant weight of responsibility, which I just feel like that responsibility isn't felt by writers anymore. Like if they take a risk and it doesn't do well, that to them it's like, oh well, we'll just ride this out and see how it goes and just piss people off. Where he, on the other hand, like look at his look at Wonder Woman, for example, when he when he depowered Wonder Woman and had her like being trained by some like uh, martial arts guru and she became like like it, she lost all the essence that made Wonder Woman special and people were furious. But then and it, he was like, oh, it, it also paid off like the uh, Green Arrow story was when he stripped him of all of his money and made him an urban hero. So he his stick was to basically I'm going to take the characters that you love, strip everything away from them and make them develop new traits and new stories and have give them try and stand on something else. Give them more substance, right, so to but, speak. Well, yeah, but the Wonder Woman thing did not give yeah. more substance. That was that did well, not work whatsoever because they took well, they took this feminist icon and stripped her of all of her powers and made her like a fashion model. But my point is is that he recognized the mistake, owned up to it and said, "Okay, we're going to go back." Could you imagine if writers did that now? Like crappy books came out and we were like, "Man, that's crap." And they went, "Okay, yeah, we're going to get we rid of the you. car for Ghost Driver. Um, we'll, we'll put him back Wait, on a we'll motorcycle. Johnny Blaze is coming back, and he's going to beat the shit out of that guy. That would like I, if if Denny was the if Denny was the uh, the editor for Marvel, I don't think we would be getting you know pandering characters that that don't last. I don't think we would be getting like I I think there would just be a level of respect that the characters deserve. That's what I feel. I feel like there. He brought a sense of legacy that just needs to be involved with comics when you're talking characters that go back, you know, 80 years. Right. Um, I can see him killing off Wolverine and letting him stay dead. <laughs> you know what? I could, too. <laughs> I could, too. And that happened, what, last year? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. Um. So I'm going to go and tell a quick Denny story. I ran into him. I forget which convention it is because we've said this before. At this point, I've only been to one comic convention because they've all blended into a solid experience. Um, at the shows I used to say with CJ, uh, somebody would come up and I couldn't remember if I saw them the Thursday or three years ago on a Thursday. But I met him in a show. And for me, I'm an Azrael fan. and I. I like to talk to creators about characters or things that they aren't asked for a million times. So I was like, hey, man, 
I just want to say that I love Azrael, and he stops in his tracks. He goes, you're the guy that likes Azrael? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I liked the character, but I liked him even more after he wasn't Batman, and you got to really dive into the story of Azrael. And he was like, man, I love that character. And he's like, I loved even more that nobody liked him because they let me write whatever I wanted without risk. <laughs> and the book sold just enough to stay afloat. And I got to tell a complete story from beginning to end without really having somebody fiddle with my work. And I was like, that's really cool. He's like, now, if they would have let me do my Batman thing, the whole world would have changed. I probably would have wrote the story. But I would have been able to say I killed off Batman and kept him dead. So... I mean, he really did care about his characters, um, but he did have that humor, like you said, like Wonder Woman fell flat. He was okay with being like, yeah, nobody likes that. And it didn't stop him from writing the next books, which was respectful. You see so many, especially writers we've talked to, that get either they don't care about anything Mm -hmm. and it's just a paycheck, or they get real resentful towards the fans. Like, how do they know, you know, this is what I'm doing? Um, and he rode that line down the middle where he didn't really care if he messed up because, okay, the fans didn't like it, but he didn't give up on the fans and he was able to write back. And I just remember when I, met, when I talked to him and was able to talk about a character that is so polarizing and just hearing him be like, yeah, it was a, it was a good run. I told a good story and the character's still around. What was that? Um, what was the Batman book that that he ran for a while? It wasn't Shadow of the Bat. It was in the nineties. Not it's not Tales of the Dark Knight. Oh, I have a whole bunch of them. He did the. Were, There's no hope in Crime great. Alley. What was that? In the seventies, he did the story. There's no hope in Crime Alley. Detective Comics number four fifty seven. Right, but after so, De- De- Detective Comics and Batman were selling so well that they wanted to have another book. They wanted to have another companion book that went with it, and it it told the story of a much younger Batman. Um, Birth of it's the not Demon. like necessarily year one Batman, but it was it's still early on in his career. But it was it was devoid of all of the big overall overarching stories. It was just a solid Batman book, which is what made it so great. Like it it had elements of all of the the the, the quintessential Batman stories without getting too grandiose, like without doing the Scott Snyder, you know. And you're not talking about Legends kind of, of the stories. Dark Knight. You're what not was that? talking about Legends of the Dark Knight. Uh, it might be Legends of the Dark Knight. Let me see. It was like a five-part shaman storyline. And then he also did um, the Batman Green Arrow, The Poison Tomorrow, which was a great book. And if you haven't read... Huey, did you read his run on the question? No, I did not. His run on the question was great. Very, very fun. But he wrote the book... What was it? That was... uh, Frank Miller's first art for Batman. He did freight. Wait, what? One more time. So there was a, well, I think it was for Batman. Uh, let me see if I can find it where he wrote uh, a book where Frank Miller just did the art for, uh, and he was working. The, uh, I think it was when he was working for Marvel. Maybe it wasn't Batman, but it was something it was that daredevil daredevil. I think you might be talking about. I will look. Well, I know he did. He did. A, he did several pages of Daredevil, but I don't think that's what he's like. That was one something he was known for. What was he known for uh, at Marvel, Huey? 
Oh, he's Doctor Strange is where he got to start. Because that's when he was doing the, he was pretending to be Stan Lee, and apparently he wow, was so good changed. at it, like nobody could tell. No, that, and he used to resent the fact that he was so good at replicating Stan Lee, um, that like he he purposely tried to change things just so people could tell what it was him. That's not the important stuff that he did at Marvel. Huey. It is Legend of the Dark Knight. You're right. It was Legends of the Dark Knight. Huey has <laughs> the most important Marvel contribution that Denny did. Uh, yes. <laughs> Uh, when he was at Marvel, he actually named Optimus Prime uh, for Transformers. Oh, that's cool. Uh, back when uh, Hasbro started creating the Transformers, uh, they they made the deal with Marvel. Uh, Jim Shooter was the uh, the guy in charge of Marvel back then, so he wanted to develop a story. He goes, "I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to Mr. O'Neill. You know, he goes to goes to him, gives him about a week to work on names and a story. Goes in to see what he's got, and he had Transformers as a buddy cop show with Optimus and Megatron. <clears throat> what? So, uh, yeah, so he, he ripped everything off his desk, said thanks but no thanks, went down a few doors to uh, Bob Budiansky, who created the whole story. Bob Budiansky. Wait, say that name again? Bob yeah, Budiansky. What a name. Yes. So that's, Bob- that's better than C.B. Sibolsky. <laughs> C.B. Sibolsky. So Bo- Bobby Bob- Budiansky and C.B. Sibolsky. Bob came up with the whole Cybertron story and all, and all that stuff, but he was trying to figure out names, and he saw that he had named a few characters. Optimus Prime was one of the names he had picked, so he kept that name. So uh, then he actually named Optimus Prime. That's awesome. That's one piece of trivia that you will win at Bar Trivia. Here's <laughs> trivia two. What was Frank Miller's first art that he did for Batman? What was the name of the story? Are you ready? Wanted. It wasn't the Dark Knight? No. Wanted. Santa Claus. Dead or alive. <laughs> what? Was it really? Wow. So wow. Denny wrote a short Christmas story for the DC special series number 21 in spring of 1980, which featured Frank Miller's first art on a Batman story. That's great. Oh, oh! I completely forgot about that. Denny was a part of the, the Superman versus Muhammad Ali story. He was. Yeah. Um, can we I talk? Have, I still have one of those giant books. Go ahead. Can we talk what he did outside of writing a little bit? Talk about the uh, superhero, uh, the hero nif- initiative. Sure. So, for those of you that do not know um, the history of the comic creator, uh, it wasn't like it was today back then. These creators didn't have health insurance. They were guns for hire. They got paid for their story and then might not get another book for a while. Um, so a lot of the people that we were in love with in the early, late 90s, early 2000s were poor, and some of them had health issues, and there was just nobody helping them. So Denny helped uh, create and sat on the board of directors for the Hero, Hero Initiative, uh, which helped out comic creators in times of need. Um, if you ever went to comic conventions around you know, 2000, 2001, they had all these really cool raffles they did. And they raised a ton of money that helped um, some of these, I don't want to say older, but like golden age comic writers get through Mm -hmm. some of the struggles later in their career. And it was because he wanted to give back. He was lucky enough to still be working and he never really slowed down with his work. But some of those other guys, because they were just a a nameless pencil on paper, didn't keep keep, uh, their work up. And he wanted to make sure that they weren't left behind. 
So it just goes to show what Denny cared about. That's really cool. Outside of comics was he wanted to make sure everybody was taken care of uh, as long as they could. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, and that goes to show you, again, the respect he has for the industry. And because it, it's an industry that he, he fell into and, and that and he's and he was such like um like a, I don't I, I almost want to call it a rags to riches story because just him moving to to uh, to New York with him, he, you know, he, he uh, his car broke down on the ride over <laughs> there. They had no money like he was struggling to make it. And then and then he be, ended up being the Dr. Strange writer because he decided to just write in on that. Um, what's it called? The four panel um, test, the Marvel the crossword test. puzzle, we'll call it. <laughs> <laughs> and he was a so big I, hippie. Yes. So he brought that with him and and put some of those beliefs into comics, which who knows what would happen if we didn't get people like him starting to to push those those uh, borders and break some of the barriers that were on there. I mean, he was one of those guys that wanted to make comic books a little bit more adult and have some actual meat and potatoes to them rather than Superman go stop Lex Luthor he's trying to rob that bank you know we might not even have the MCU the way it is right now without him uh he actually created we he created we wouldn't we wouldn't have the Netflix Daredevil show the way it was without him well he because he he was the one who encouraged a a much more realistic fighting style for for Daredevil so the way that the way Daredevil is acts in that show a lot of that comes not from not just from frank miller but denny o'neill as well well yeah and he yeah. also created obadiah stain and the ironmonger yeah and plunged tony back into alcoholism <laughs> so <laughs> that's why mauer likes him so much um <laughs> speaking of mauer he also uh, he also edited moon knight yes for a short period of time <laughs> yes there he it did. is <laughs> um he's touched Every major character um, that you can think of. And he did like to uh, work with characters that were a little bit more broken. So the Moon Knights, the Azraels, Iron Man, uh, Green Arrow. Um, Mm -hmm. And he's credited with uh, a lot of uh, the movie, you know, sources. Like on the Dark Knight, or sorry, Batman Begins. You know, they referenced a lot of his work when they were looking into that. We also did the novelization of all those movies. Yeah. I mean, that's, and he, that's, that's how closely involved he was with everything. And I truly think to this day, No Man's Land was from his original pitch, just some of the ideas for getting rid of Batman. You're going to have to do a, a No Man's Land breakdown. You know that, right? So basically... <laughs> Gotham gets so shitty that they quarantine it, blow up all the bridges, nobody in, no one out. Batman feels himself a failure and leaves. So then each section of the city kind of gets its own gang time protectors. And, you know, Penguin's running one area, Batwoman's running another, and the Batwoman at the time was Orphan. Um, it was Batgirl. Batgirl, sorry. Um, and they were trying to show that Batman was still there. We kind of got part of it in uh, Dark Knight Rises. They took some pieces from it, but not really. Uh, yeah, but they took the dumb pieces, like <laughs> him tagging his name in fire. Like, okay, it made sense for, for the book. It made sense for No Man Land that Batman would tag the bat symbol so people like knew he was back. 
but for like because he wanted to prove that says there was such lawlessness but the doing it in the dark night made no sense whatsoever well, in the comic like, it wasn't even him it was other people putting the symbol up to make them think he was still around which made sense when joseph gordon levitt did it because it was like okay we're trying to show people there's still hope and well i don't know it's a good story, but I have and a then, feeling. Then, and then he, he, how long do you think it took Bruce Wayne to paint and a giant bat in gasoline on the, the, on the, like the, the bridge? How, do how long you, do you think that took him? How do you know the bat didn't do it? How do I know the bat didn't do it? What do you yeah, mean? Yeah. Like he programmed the bat to spray the gasoline on it. I think you don't think people would have noticed that. No. <laughs> like if the, if the bat plane was just flying around the bridge. No, they wouldn't have noticed. There that. was, there was people, there were cops on both sides of the bridge. What are you talking it's, about? It's Batman. They were Gotham cops. You know, if they were Still, any good at their job, went, huh. they wouldn't need Batman. <laughs> I'm just saying somebody would have seen that. Plus what a waste of time. No, nobody would have seen it. Plus he didn't have it's it. Batman. He didn't even have the bat at that time. He didn't have the bat because he was coming out of the hole in the middle of nowhere and somehow got to Gotham. I don't know. We need to see the final cut of that movie too. If we're getting the crappy Snyder cut, uh, give me the four not, hour version of that. No, I don't know about that, man. I don't know about that. Cause I mean, look as, um, no, oh, I can't think of, as Christopher Nolan said, if I knew I was doing a third one, I probably would have kept two face around. <laughs> <laughs> well, he knew he knew he was doing a third one. He wanted to do a fourth one, and they said no. Well, he, apparently, he wasn't he wasn't keen on doing the one that he did <laughs> because he wanted to do two more after the second one. Well, yeah, and he also refused to do the the Dark Knight Return. Or yeah, he refused to do Dark Knight Rises in, unless they did Inception. Correct. So that wasn't ha- so he didn't have an idea for it. <laughs> well, no, he had an and, idea. And he, for- he flat out he he flat out said, "I would have kept Two Face alive had I known I was doing a third one." Like but, that's a quote from him. But then he had an idea for two movies. They wouldn't give him two Batman movies. They made him do it in one. They only said they were doing a trilogy. So his uh, the idea he came up with was for two more Batman movies, and then they made him part of Superman, which was bad. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Somebody that should not except, go near Superman. Except for Henry Cavill. He was great. Yeah. All right. No, he was. <laughs> Let's get back to Denny. <laughs> Something happy. Um, go back and do yourself a favor, listeners, and read some of these classic stories. There's just something different about them. We don't. Oh, the Raza, the Raza Ghoul saga. The Raza Ghoul, like any of his classic stories, his run on the question, any of those early books from the seventies that he worked on, just read them. They are all written so incredibly well, without the weight of a corporation making a statement. And we don't get that anymore. Well, and you could just you could re- you could feel the love for the characters in the words. I mean. It- there's such a level of respect in it. It is just incredible. I mean, when him and, and um, you know, who's the dude we always run into in the bathroom? I know that sounds really weird, but it'll make sense in a second. <laughs> Neil Adams. Who's that? Neil Adams. Thank you. Uh, for, for anybody who doesn't know, for some reason, we always run into Neil Adams in the bathroom. I don't know what or, it no, is. We just have to but, say his name. We're closing shop at a convention. Yeah, but it's always at the bathroom. <laughs> like I've got, run into him twice in the bathroom. He's got a, a prostate issue, man. <laughs> Got to pee a lot. Wow, wow! You, you don't know that. You re- we have no idea. You have, to, you have to redact that. I don't want him to, you know, hear that. Yeah, 
Redacted. <laughs> I'm completely redacted. I'm not redacting it. He pees a lot. Chris Soda's menti. <laughs> he drinks a lot. He drink a lot of water. But yes, you should absolutely go back and, and, and especially that. I mean, honestly, the Batman that we know and love today is because of him. He absolutely did a great job, especially with the Joker. The Joker and Batman both owe a lot to Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams. Yeah, he started the story. And when I say story, I just mean the evolution of Batman going back to a darker detective-like character that Frank Miller then added to. Frank Miller is giving yeah. credit, but it was really Denny that set us down that path. Same with the Joker. He was, I mean, it was their idea to take the Joker, take the goofy one when Comics Co. was really, you know, the, the end-all be-all where they weren't allowing him to be as violent, and then bring back that sociopath, that crazed killer that we originally got that just had no rhyme or reason for the things that he did, and merge the two of them together. So the goofy and evil Joker that we have now is absolutely because they had the, the bright idea to merge everything together and create this amalgamation, which made the Joker so much more interesting of a read because he's not just this crazy, ruthless killer. He's also that goofy character that we started to love. I also forgot that he wrote a ton of the shadow books for DC. Yes, he did. With uh, Michael Kaluta. And which I didn't care about as much, but you go right ahead. But those books, if you don't know who the shadow is, had a great movie in the 90s. The Shadow Knows. With the Baldwin. Started <laughs> off as a radio show. Eric Barron. And, uh... <laughs> but there guards, was, guards, guards. There was a comic series for DC that he did with uh, Michael Kaluta, and it's just a very good pulp noir detective book. And he took a lot of that and brought that to Batman as well, because Batman was kind of based on those old noir pulp fiction guys, as well as Darkwing Duck, based on that the shadow. It's, it's always sad when, when we lose a legend, but it, the one nice thing about this industry is that the impact of those legends are still there, and you can still go back and see the history, and you can see their influences in, in all media today. So, so the, the, the legendary comic book artists and writers will always be present in the characters as they evolve. And Denny is no exception. All right. So I'm going to pick, go back and read the Azrael storyline. If I had to pick one Denny story. Ooh, just one? Pick one. Uh, Azrael, uh, one through a hundred. The whole story. I mean, Ra's al Ghul is just so important. That's the one I would say, but there's so many. Like, he, he helps. He was no, involved with the, the, the Batman. Yep, or you the, get one. Yeah, the Batman Predator books. Yep, you get one. Man, I don't like that. <laughs> well, while, you're, while you're thinking about like it, I'm, I'm definitely going with the Green Arrow story with Speedy being on heroin. Nightfall. Oh. All right. Back to you, Menti. We all had ours ready. Uh, that I'm gonna, that's the one I'm going to say just because of how, how important that book is. But there's just so many. Uh, Menti doesn't have an opinion. He wants to make everybody happy and pick the important things. He went through <laughs> this when we did pick your favorite artist creators. He was like, I really like well, no, these guys. He's like, but I can't not do Superman. Hey, that's true. <laughs> hey, don't, don't pick on Menti. That's what I'm here for. That's, that's true. true. That's his job. That's very true. Sorry. All right. 
on that you know, note, I kind of signed up for that a while ago. Yes, you did. Uh, almost six years ago. He, he, you know what he's like? Mauer's like like that junk mail that you unsubscribe from multiple times, but yet it keeps coming back. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That's, but then that's eventually you start nutshell. ordering shit from because you realize this is pretty damn yeah, good. Yeah, well, you're you're drunk. It's like three in the morning. You should absolutely <laughs> go to bed. But for some reason, it's the first time that that, bed, that email looks like something you should read. <laughs> and you read it. And you liked it. <laughs> I'm lovable, Mother Beepers. On that note, in dedication to the great Denny O'Neill, we salute you. Should we do a quick moment of silence? Of course. I was getting there. You just ruined it. it. Um, Well, now stop. Let the moment go. Let's have the moment. Shoosh. Ugh. I'm not done my moment, so shoosh. That's all right. You can keep going. You can keep going. It's just I mean, when we go back and I think about all the the legends that we've done these issues for, it's just sad. And it's so as again, it's always good to remember, you know, their influences are going to live for a very, very, very long time. No, if, if not forever. No, what we should do, and I'm going to say it here, because we've only been doing this five years. No, just five. We we should go back and do a few tributes for those that passed before we had Fireside together. I'd love to do a Michael Ooh. Michael Turner tribute. That's a great idea. That's a great idea. I'm in for that. That's a brilliant idea. All right. That yeah. I, I will. I, I'm I'm going to resubscribe <laughs> to that junk mail. <laughs> that's why I'm that's here. A great, that's a that's a great idea. On that note, Menti, do that thing. You can find the show at Welcome to Fireside everywhere online. That's at Welcome to Fireside of your social media choice, unless it's Twitter, which is Fireside Crew. But again, just Welcome to Fireside.com makes a lot of that easier. Uh, stay safe. Wash your hands. Likes, comments, rating, all that stuff goes a long way, and we truly appreciate the support we've been given. Once again, I'm Menti. And I'm Features. And I'm Huey. And I'm Mr. Mauer. Not going to plug anything. Just going to say Welcome to Fireside.com. Go read some Denny O'Neill. Deuces. Go read Denny. Excelsior. Go read. Should we just call it? That's what we call this issue. Go read Denny. Go read Denny. Go read Denny. Hashtag go read Denny. I like it. All right. Deuces. Deuces. Excelsior.